Hey, welcome back to Unwatchable. My name is Chloe Rodriguez and I am your host. I'm really excited for today's topic because we are going to be talking about one of the most famous copied uh, just every sitcom that has ever come out since 1994 has been compared to this sitcom. Of course, I am talking about Friends. I feel like everybody is familiar with the show Friends, but in case you aren't, Friends is an American sitcom about six friends living in an apartment complex in Manhattan. It originally aired on NBC from September 22nd, 1984 to May 6th, 2004. The main six cast members were propelled into international stardom, Jennifer Aniston, Courtney Cox, Lisa Kudrow, Matt LeBlanc, Matthew Perry, and David Schwimmer were just skyrocketed into just out-of-this-world fame during the time that Friends was airing. Um, a lot of them are still active and doing things in the acting world. The most famous of the original six being Jennifer Aniston, who created a huge movie career for herself since gaining fame in her role as Rachel Green. Now, if you guys listened to my Sex in the City episode, which if you haven't, you definitely should. It's one of my favorites that I've done. I sat down and I talked to my buddy, Katie Thompson, from the See You Next Tuesday podcast, all about Sex in the City. And during that time, we touched on the fact that we were also both huge fans of Friends. And so I had to have her back on this episode so in just a few minutes, I will be cutting to the interview that I did with Katie Thompson and the discussion that we had where we really just kind of got to sit down and talk about our favorite episodes, our favorite moments, why we love the characters so much, and specifically what resonates with us about the show. But before we get to that, I first wanted to touch a little bit on the significance of this show in the sitcom world. Much like The Office or Parks and Recreation, Friends has managed to maintain a very loyal fan base despite having gone off the air years and years ago. It's gained a new life in the streaming world. Uh, Friends was a widely streamed show when it was on Netflix. It has since moved to HBO Max. And it seems like almost every year there is a rumor of some type of Friends reunion or reboot or revival of some sort, although it hasn't really happened yet, and frankly, I hope that it never does. In my personal opinion, I like to let things go uh, rather than run them into the ground, so I kind of hope that there's never a reunion or a reboot, but that's neither here nor there. While it's incredible to still have a show remain popular even 26 years after its debut episode premiered, if that was going to happen to any show, I'm not surprised that it's Friends. In the late 90s and early 2000s, America was experiencing what television historians have often referred to as Friends Mania. The theme song was constantly playing on the radio. The golden era of tabloid journalism and entertainment news saw the six main cast members of this show constantly scrutinized for what they were wearing, who they were dating, and who they were breaking up with. 
Matt LeBlanc, who plays Joey Tribbiani on the show, even has this hilarious anecdote that he's brought out on a few talk shows where he talks about how he was watching the news once and there was a six-way split screen of the houses of each cast member of Friends. And that's when he learned that his roof needed a major overhaul. By watching the news and seeing spy shots of what his roof looked like overhead. That's crazy. Jennifer Aniston's season two hairstyle was nicknamed The Rachel and became an international sensation with women all over the world taking a picture of Rachel Green to their hairstylist and trying to copy the signature look. Premiering in an era in which network television was still alive and well, ending in 2004 right before the streaming services started to take over, Friends regularly received millions and millions of live views. Their Thursday night time slot on NBC regularly earned them about 20 to 30 million live viewers a week, with their season 10 finale, The Last One, earning an audience of 52.5 million viewers. To put that in perspective, let's compare that to the average amount of viewers in millions to some comparative sitcoms. How I Met Your Mother, another New York-centric show that spanned nine seasons, received 10.5 million viewers for its long-anticipated series finale that aired March 31st, 2014. So in that 10-year gap between the Friends series finale and the How I Met Your Mother series finale, we were definitely seeing the rise of streaming, and in that short amount of time, it was becoming unheard of to get 10 million viewers for a live airing, so that is still pretty comparable. However, if we look at another similar sitcom that's often compared to Friends, New Girl, their series finale, which aired May 15th, 2018, received only 1.5 million viewers, and only averaged about 2.1 million viewers a week. Now, that might seem like an unfair comparison given the drastic changes that have happened in the world of television in between 2004 when Friends went off the air to 2018 when New Girl went off the air. But I felt that it was important to remind you of how Americans were experiencing their television at the time. For a fairer comparison, let's compare those numbers to some of the popular sitcoms that were airing and going off the air around the same time that Friends did. Another long-running popular sitcom at the time was Fox's That 70s Show. Their eighth and final season came to an end on May 18th, 2006, only two years after Friends went off the air, and it received only 5.8 million viewers. Everybody Loves Raymond was also a popular sitcom that ran for nine seasons, and its final episode aired May 16th, 2005, only a year after the Friends finale. Its rating was 17.4 million viewers. Keep in mind that this is another hugely popular sitcom that aired around the exact same time for the exact same amount of time that Friends did. Is this interesting to anybody? Because I find it very fascinating. 52.5 million viewers for a finale for a show that had already aired for 10 years. That's incredible numbers. 
And Friends has been a money-making machine for NBC ever since. Because of syndicated revenue, Friends continues to generate approximately $1 billion each year for Warner Brothers, and earns the six top-grossing cast members about $20 million a year in residuals. I got that information from a USA Today article that was published on April 5th, 2018, so still 14 years after the show originally went off the air. That's insane. Now, something that Katie and I talked a lot about is why the show really sticks out to us, two women in their mid-twenties. And something that I asked her, which you'll hear a little bit later, is why do you think that this show had such a cultural impact when it aired at the time, and why do you think it continues to remain so popular today? And when I talk about popularity, I don't just mean the amount of times that this show is downloaded or streamed or the amount of merchandise that they still sell. I mean, since Friends premiered, every sitcom that has come out since that has revolved around a close-knit group of friends in their early 20s to mid 30s has been compared to the show Friends. Look at shows like New Girl, How I Met Your Mother, Happy Endings, even The Big Bang Theory. They seem to revolve around this model that you pick a large city, you pick a core group of six to seven friends, you pick one centralized location that people can instantly identify the show with, much like the coffee shop in Friends, uh, whether it be the cafeteria in The Big Bang Theory or McLaren's Pub in How I Met Your Mother. Friends almost seem to introduce this sitcom trope where it's not heavily based on premise as much as it is heavily based on character and the relationships between those characters. The creators of the show, David Crane and Marta Kaufman, have often said that their goal with the creation of Friends was to focus on the era in your life in between college and marriage before you've really established a family of your own where your core group of friends becomes your family, which is a time period of your life that I think almost anybody in any generation can relate to. I think the simplicity of this concept and the ability to take it anywhere so long as you focus on the relationships is why this show's popularity has lasted as long as it has. Even though it premiered in the 90s and there are elements to it that are extremely dated, the overall message is something universally relatable. And that's why two women in the year 2020 who were just small babies when this show first premiered, are able to sit down and have such an in-depth conversation about what this show means to them, and why all of the other shows that have premiered in my lifetime have constantly been compared to Friends. That's just a little bit of an overview on the importance of this show, and with that being said, I would like to introduce you to my guest, I've had her on before. I love talking to her. She's so funny. Uh, Katie Thompson is a podcaster. She has her own show called See You Next Tuesday. She was gracious enough to have me on a few weeks ago, and I would love it if you guys could check out that episode, but also just check out all of her stuff in general because she's great. 
And without further ado, here is my conversation with Katie Thompson. Perfect. Yay, and we're back. <laughs> and here we are. I <laughs> uh, love your Halloween pajamas, by the way. Thank you so much. Oh, wow, you can really see my long boobs now because I switched to my phone. Let me just, there we go. <laughs> it's okay. I, the same thing. So. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, you're a part of the big boob gang. Yep. The big boob babs. Swing low, sweet chariots. <laughs> 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 oh my god now one i'm gonna have that song stuck in my head for the rest of the day and two anytime i bend down or they start swinging i'm just gonna swing uh, so that oh that was a hearty laugh thank you for that <laughs> i'm so excited I am especially too. after seeing the topics I was like this is everything because when I do a friend's podcast I get overwhelmed because I'm the one hosting it but to uh-huh. be on and just to get to answer the questions I'm so stoked <laughs> oh yeah I'm I'm very pumped this is like one of the shows that I've been watching religiously like since mm. I was Shoot, I started watching reruns of it on like TBS. Yeah, yes, <laughs> when exactly. I was like twelve, so it's been like yeah. a long time. That's where that's exactly where it started with me too and my family. By the time this airs, it'll be a year since I started this podcast, and I can't believe oh I waited God, a congrats. whole year. Oh, thank you. <laughs> that's so exciting. <laughs> I can't believe I've waited a whole year to analyze Friends. I mean, it's because the universe was like, there's no more of a perfect person for Katie and you didn't have me in your life yet. So exactly. it was just the universe waiting to give us this blessing of an episode. Exactly. It was kismet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Could it be any more perfect? Ayo. <laughs> I feel like they, <laughs> did they phase that out? I feel like they like I feel like Chandler did that for like the first two or three seasons and then they just like completely phased out the like I, I yeah I, I, <laughs> I do think that it definitely like I would say maybe after like season five you hear it a lot less but yeah that that joke definitely they're probably like, maybe we <laughs> use this one too much but I like that one <laughs> um so right off the bat we got to start with just like some quintessential friends questions mm-hmm. First off, who is your favorite friend? Rachel Green. Um, I love her so much. I've been her for Halloween. It was my favorite Halloween costume ever. Uh, Mm. I just, I think she's funny and she's pretty. (laughs) I sound so (laughs) lame. She's pretty and she's funny. Uh, But I also just relate to her the Mm. most. Like, I just, I like her a lot. um, And... I like I I've taken like gal pal like from her saying like gal pal Rachel Green and stuff like that (laughs) Uh, and I literally will buy hair products that smell like coconut because Ross says yes. when he smells her hair that it's got that coconutty kind of smell. My own fucking smell like Rachel Green. So uh, yeah, that's how much I love her. Um, yeah, so definitely Rachel Green. I thought that Phoebe was underrated by people on the show. I was like, she's unique. She's like 
funny, man. I love Phoebe. (laughs) Like, I, her songs are, I will be, like, doing the dishes, and I'm just like, it wasn't just that she was fat, the woman smelled like garbage. Like, her (laughs) songs are so ridiculous and so funny, and a lot of people are annoyed by her song thing, but I like how it started and what it turned into, because she was Mm -hmm. supposed to actually sound good. And then she tried to learn how, and then it didn't sound good. So they were like, so then just do whatever. <laughs> and then we get all of these really weird songs, like Ode to a Pubic Hair. That's or it. like just, <laughs> like, and it's like, yes. And I know that, I don't know, season one Phoebe for me is too much. Yeah, it's not the it's best. It's too, too weird. Like with the finding the thumb in the soda and that whole like thing, mm-hmm. I don't, she's a little bit too weird for me in the first season but then after that like season i have been watching a lot of i have so many thoughts about friends i'm never gonna make it through this episode (laughs) without having a heart attack i'm so excited oh well Um, i have have a question for you actually yes yes ode to pubic hair (laughs) okay isn't there another episode that might be even it might be even before she's like she that's the episode where she's meeting mike's parents and she's talking about like her different songs yeah. And I'm pretty sure in an episode before that, she has a song where she's like, little black, little black, little black, little black, little black, curly Little black, hair. curly hair. And I'm like, yes. oh, is that O2 pubic hair? Like, did we finally get the title of it? I think hair? that <laughs> is little black, curly hair. But maybe she just, you know, she's inspired in the shower by the pubes and she writes a lot of pube songs. But I have had that thought before, for sure. <laughs> I'm like, what, is this an Easter egg? Or if I can all that. I hear the jokes and I hear the delivery in my head sometimes. Mm -hmm. Like, I'll just think of lines uh, and then I have to go and watch that episode. Like, I think of, like... Yes. And it'll be, like, innocuous things. Like, it'll be, like, Mm -hmm. when Joey rifles through the Lost and Found and is like, my shoe! And, like, (laughs) the way that he says it. And then I'm like, fuck, I gotta go watch the episode where he leaves his shoe in the Lost and Found. Like, I... (laughs) I don't know why. That's but the there... Porsche episode, right? Uh, yes. Oh my god. Yes. My shoe! <laughs> my shoe! Like, I just hear... I, I think Have... the acting is just so good, and their delivery is just so spot on, that, like, you... Who's your least to... favorite? It's still probably Rachel, but I do like her more. I know, I know, I know. Well, here's the thing. I, I no longer hate Rachel. Like, now that I'm older, I feel like I can kind of relate to her a little bit more um, mm-hmm. than I did when I was younger. Um, and so she's not like... I, I really like early seasons Rachel a lot more than later seasons Rachel, to be fair. Like, I think I judge mm-hmm. her a little too harshly after, like... After, like, season six, I don't like her character that much anymore. Um, Why not? Um, because I think... I think, like, when it starts out, she's, like, very sweet. Like, she's just a lot sweeter. Um, and then I like her in the mid-seasons when she's, like, kind of sarcastic. And she has, like, I feel like she uh, is a lot funnier. Like, I just think, mm. like, she's a lot wittier. And then I think in the later seasons, they kind of... Uh, I think this happens to all the characters. They undergo some flanderization, which I don't know if you've like heard that. What the fuck does flanderization mean? Okay, flanderization is uh, when a show keeps going like for a few years and 
the writers start to take away some of the nuances of the characters and they become like mm. kind of caricatures. So I think that especially happens to Monica in the later seasons where like in the first few seasons, she's like, she's kind of like the mom of the group and she's very sweet and like, she's char like she's very neurotic, but she's also charming. And then I think yeah. in the later seasons, she just kind of gets mean and uh, is like very neurotic, but she's also kind of just like, a like a bitch a little bit like i hate to use that term my but... least favorite is monica mm -hmm. i like i as much as i love her i think that her like courtney cox's acting is it's not as good the, the weakest amongst the six of them are there six of them i think there's six of them. yeah she's <laughs> actually the only one who was never nominated for an emmy uh all and five the rest of the five something interesting that I have observed. I'm such a fan that I watch bloopers as well. Like I really enjoy watching those. Mm -hmm. And if you watch them, she is seemingly always pissed off, kind of. That they're <laughs> like making the scene go longer because they're messing about. It messing about? Messing oh, about. They're just messing about. <laughs> is that British? How British of me? I don't even know what it is, but I didn't know that I had it in me. Do you hear that? I do. I do hear that gurgling. Should we, should we pause? <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Okay. <laughs> this isn't no, a professional like, podcast. I don't get sponsored. You're cleaning out the sewage <laughs> in my building today. So, Ooh, fancy. And it happens to be right under my apartment. <laughs> but this is good because my bathtub, like, last week filled up with shit waters. <gasps> oh, my God. That's awful. I was in bed and I heard, like, a gurgling noise. And I was like, my my bathroom's never made that noise before. And I went and I looked in and like the toilet was bubbling. And I was like, if a snake comes out of here right now, <laughs> I am going, <laughs> yeah, like I'm going to pass away. And then I like smelled something. And then I turned around and there was like brown water in my bath. And I was like, <gasps> that is oh, Jesus. So they called the building guy and he was like, yeah, no, we're getting the sewage done next week. So it should be resolved. <laughs> and I mean, it hasn't happened again, but I'm a bitch who likes to take baths. Oh, so same. like I Cloroxed that thing maybe seven times. And then I didn't take a bath in it for a really long time because I was so afraid <laughs> that I would like be in there and like, I'd hear the bubbling again and Ew. like shit water would come like showering out into the bath or some shit. Um, but I looked online and I asked a lot of people and they were like, it, it's fine to take a bath. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a little bit about my sewage. Oh my God, um, that's, thanks that's for listening. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, adult problems, you know, it could, be worse it the toilet it could, like, <laughs> overflowed the toilet or something and it so it's better in the bathtub than anywhere else i guess <laughs> better than it falling out of the sky <laughs> oh god well since we're on the subject of characters mm -hmm. i i would like and to poop. talk yes <laughs> and some shitty characters perhaps let's talk Ooh. about uh let's talk about some of the characters that people love to hate and yes, i will well, I'll start off with my declaration and say that, unpopular opinion, Ross is my favorite of the friends. Uh, uh, really? He, he gets a lot of hate. Here's, here's why he's my favorite. Okay. It's not his personality by any means. Okay. I just think that out of the six, I just think David Schwimmer is the funniest. I think oh, his, yes. his delivery is 
incredible. I think his physical comedy, like his expressions are just like top notch. Mm -hmm. um, and I think he's really the only person in like the whole world who could play Ross and make him remotely likable. Um, I agree. And because of that, I think Ross gets some of the funniest parts. I think he gets some of the funniest storylines because David Schwimmer can pull them off. He's got some of the best episodes. Mm -hmm. The only reason that I don't love Ross is just because he's really whiny. Yes. So, like, but I, 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 like, feel for Ross because he really got fucked over, like, in his first early relationship, and that kind of ruined his trust in, like, everybody, which mm -hmm. is what ultimately ruined his relationship with Rachel. So, because he was so obsessed with the Mark situation, which Ross ended up being fucking right, though. Not yeah. that Rachel would have, because she never did, but... Ross was right to fucking speculate that shit. Should he have acted the way that he did? No. But that shit stresses me out so bad that I can't watch season two and three. Like, I'm it, it literally, and like to watch him get on, like, when he's on his knees and he's holding, like, her oh, legs. Ah! Like, yeah. I can't think about, like, not being with you. Like, it, it destroys me. This heart, <laughs> like, this, it, your it, kind heart. I'm like, you guys. <laughs> um, so, yeah, but I'm sure we'll get into it's a break situation later. But Ross has, like, season 10, the tanning episode, is fucking unbelievable. Miss Hawaiian um, Tropic. <laughs> and then I, I lately, for some reason, this not having anything to do with Ross, but reminding me of that season, the, the episode that I watch most now is Barbados, part one and two. Mm -hmm. I think it's because with my Apple TV, they, for some reason, stopped playing one after the other because I own them all digitally mm -hmm. um, and they took them off of everything else. So I just watch it on there and it stops. But I like the Barbados episode because it's part one and two. So it's like a 40 minute episode so I can fall asleep yeah. in that time. Um, but I love, I have like a new love for season 10. Because I watched mm -hmm. Barbados and then there, it's the episodes after that. And I love Ross in season 10 because I feel like there's less, like, pity me drama for him. And mm -hmm. it's more, like, joke jokes and just, like, yeah. him being really funny. Um, oh, my I'm God. Fine. With the leather pants. Yeah, the, the <laughs> fajita. Like, I mean, like, him calling Joey and then at the – final joey is like well what color is it he's like why he's like well if it was the same color as your pants you can make yourself a pair of pace pants like that shit is funny i would give anything to have somebody erase friends from my brain and i could re-watch it again like beginning to end oh i would love nothing more but my ass is still laughing at these jokes as if i have never heard them before in my life <laughs> I think we should move on to someone who is, it's, it's Ross related. This is mm -hmm. another character that I think people love to shit on, who I think gets a bad rep, uh, Emily. Ugh. <laughs> I don't love Emily, I won't lie. I, I mean, I don't love her either, but in, in case, I don't know why people would be listening to this if they didn't don't know uh, who she is <laughs> yeah but a refresher emily is his second wife uh the the british woman 
who everyone goes to London for them to get married. And then he accidentally says Rachel's name at the altar, uh, forever shattering their uh, relationship. Yeah. Uh, I mean, go ahead. Well, here's my thing with Emily. I, I get that she is not likable because she is an obstacle between Ross and Rachel because she is so controlling uh, mm-hmm. and distrustful of him. Uh, and it's not like she's like the most fun character to begin with, like even before that all goes right. down. Yeah. But I also like, I also completely understand that like Ross is in the raw, like if someone said somebody else's name at the altar, like, Oh yeah. We were getting married. I, I would also be furious. And then like he makes himself look even worse by getting on the, like almost getting on a plane with Rachel to take their honeymoon. Mm-hmm. So like mm-hmm. and even just the fact that he like suggests it to begin with, like, hey, why don't you come with me to Athens? Mm-hmm. And it's obviously going to be this whole romantic setup. I don't think he's looking at it in a romantic way, but like that's just no. like a terrible suggestion. Yeah. I completely understand why she would be so upset and, like, suspicious of the two of them. Not only that, but I put myself in her shoes, and I think about, like, even now, if I'm dating somebody and he's, like, really good with his ex, that still might bother me a little bit, just because I'm always going to wonder, like, you've been inside of this woman, like, (laughs) you've seen her naked, like, you know, and then... He says her name at, you know, the wedding, and it's this whole thing, and then she sees her. It's it just, it's not good, and I totally get why she acts the way she does, and I would also say the exact same thing. I'd be like, dude, if you want to be with me, then, then you just can't talk to her or do any of this anymore, because this is ridiculous. And Rachel is in love with him. Yeah. She literally right after all the stuff happens, she tells Ross, I'm in love with you. And then they have that laughing fit on the couch because he doesn't even know where his wife is. So excuse me, Emily has every reason to be jealous. And Ross should understand this considering how he acted with Mark. That's what I was going to say. She oh, like, sorry, I didn't mean to pimp your thing. No, you know, you're right. I'm glad you said it. You're 100% right. Like... He, she is being the Ross in this situation and has even more reason to be so. Exactly. So. I'm so sorry. Okay. (laughs) This is going to be the most annoying show for you to have to edit together. I feel for you as a fellow podcaster. I really feel for you. What the audience (laughs) did not see is my audio just completely shitting out on me for no Mm -hmm. reason. And this is the third attempt at a Zoom call. <laughs> yeah. And then they're doing something to my pipes. Ayo, that's what she said. And it's just, we're the hot mess express today. So hop on board. Choo choo, all aboard. It's the podcast people don't want you to hear. <laughs> so. Behind the scenes, like never before. <laughs> yeah. Some <laughs> controversial stuff right here. I think um, maybe the loud part might be over, though. So I think we're in the glare. Yeah, I think we can keep going. Um, okay. <laughs> and now I'm sitting here like, I wonder if my bathtub 
is filling up with shit water if they do this right now. I'm kind of wondering if my bathtub's filling with shit water now that you put it in my head. Everybody check your bath! Um, Let's take a pause. I'm trying to find more quiet, but I feel like if I go this way, it's louder. louder. Yeah. You have an in-unit washer and dryer? I do. It is really a dream. (gasps) Is it filled with shit water? Can I see? <laughs> My toilet exploded. <gasps> what? Oh my God. Are you okay? Yeah, my, but my toilet ex- exploded. Well, water, look. If we need... <laughs> look, there's water all over my toilet and there's like stuff in it. Oh my God. And it, it smells like shit. It smells like literal shit. And I thought while we were doing this, I heard an explosion. Well, here's, here's the good news, everybody listening. Here's the good news, everybody. It, it just seems to have roughly exploded. It didn't fill up the bed. You know what I mean? Like, the the toilet didn't overflow, because I'm realizing people can't see. So let me explain. (laughs) It seems as though while they roto-rootered it, it exploded a bit with a little bit of maybe just water, because there isn't shit anywhere. It is disgusting, and I am dying on the inside, but there isn't, like, shit in my apartment. So that's the good news, everyone. Uh, the bad news, after the show, I will be deep cleaning uh, my bathroom and uh, calling somebody, you know? This makes it, like, to people who can't see what's happening, like, this makes it sound like you are just, like, gondola riding through, like, piles of no, shit and, no, like, no, no, water. <laughs> that isn't, there's not even water on the ground. Like, I'm, I'm honestly trying to figure out <laughs> well, what that really happened. Oh my god, I'm so sorry, dude. Yeah, I was here for emotional support, even though all I did was laugh at you the whole time for like I mean, five minutes. what does one do when their toilet explodes? I'm literally like, I'm wondering if maybe that's And I go in there and I'm literally like, fuck. But, like, maybe them cleaning it out means that I won't have issues anymore, or maybe this is the beginning of something really fun, but regardless, I just want to thank everybody for being along with this journey with me. (laughs) I'm not disgusting. Like, I'm not gross. This isn't my fault. (laughs) I didn't, like, clog the toilet or anything. Um, She's trying to cover her tracks. in that sense. I love that they include the detail of Joey just, like, not flushing the toilet when he goes to Rachel's apartment. <laughs> that whole joke where she's like, what is that handle on the, on the toilet? Oh, man. Did you use Jesus. it next time you come over? <laughs> I love Joey so much. Me and too. I have an unpopular opinion where, okay, so I definitely hate the whole can you imagine if I had been in the bedroom when, or like in the shower? What if I had been shitting on the <laughs> toilet while my <laughs> You get a free bidet. <laughs> I'd be headed to the gyno. I'd be like, 
something probably got into my holes <laughs> that shouldn't have. Please inspect me. Um, but my unpopular opinion being that I don't like the when Rachel has the baby and he fakes engage, uh, fake uh, proposes. It would have been a fine moment if he had explained himself in that moment. Nobody's going to let that continue to go on for that long. Like you're not <laughs> going to let somebody think that you fucking proposed to them for that long when you Oh didn't. yeah. So if oh. it had been like a snap quick thing, I feel like it would have been more acceptable, but I didn't like that whole thing. However, when they try again after Barbados, I am a fan of that. And I kind of like how it ends. However, I would have liked to see them work out mm-hmm. and to see them be together for a little bit because as much as we all love Ross and Rachel and it's been them since the beginning and they should be together and stuff like that, Rachel and Joey would be a really good match. Mm-hmm. They lived together for many years. Their personalities meshed. He's always been into her. Like, I, you know, like, I mean, sh- they just were too good of friends to where they could make it work, but... I have always thought that I wish that like maybe there could be like a pick your own ending with that and we could see yeah. what would have happened with that. Cause I, I kind of liked that, but maybe I'm also just brainwashed because I watched the Barbados episodes and the ones after so much, but without that, we wouldn't have the I'm fine episode with <laughs> the fajitas. It's one of the best fajitas of all time. In my I opinion. Fajitas. <laughs> Hey, it's editing Chloe. Um, (laughs) At this point in the recording, we got interrupted by Katie's landlord calling her about the exploding toilet. Uh, And (laughs) luckily I was able to catch uh, part of her explaining the conversation that she just had with him. So I'll I'll let her tell you what happened in that convo. Did your toilet explode. And I was like, it did. And he was like, okay, just making sure because mine did too. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I know. And then I made a bunch of puns. I was like, at least we're in this shit together. Oh, (laughs) Isn't it funny though, how me finding out that his toilet also exploded made me feel better about it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You're like, this is, this feels right now. (laughs) Yeah, this feels, hopefully though we have no more interaction. He's like, hopefully that doesn't happen again. Because I asked him, I was like, is it going to happen again? He's like, I don't know. Also, I'm just so sorry for how much editing you're going to have to do to put all three of these fucking segments together. I just, I'm, uh, this is actually, I'm just a Starbucks gift card. I'm just going to turn this into a podcast about your toilet. (laughs) Not a when shit hits the fan. (laughs) Yep. Oh my god. Okay, we were talking about the stupid... This isn't even worth going back to. <laughs> Let's talk about a character. She is one of my faves. She's, an, she's a character who I think uh, gets a lot of flack. And I'm going to make a defense argument for her. I'm talking about Janice, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, yeah. I mean, she's a staple of friends. Oh, like, yeah. And, and her laugh is just signature friends, and I love her. Like, and I don't, I, I know that, like, she's hated or whatever, but I haven't ever heard anybody say that they don't like her. 
I feel like she's more hated on the show. Yeah, by that's the what I mean. Like the characters, oh, oh, okay. Got characters it. in the show hate Janice. Uh, played brilliantly by Maggie Wheeler. I think the voice she does, the laugh, everything is great. My, it's great. <laughs> my thing is like Janice is a good person. Like she mm-hmm. is. She's probably a better person than like a lot of the actual friends are. Like she's she's just annoying. But like. Think about, yeah. like, she puts up with Chandler, for one, is very patient mm-hmm. with him, even through his whole mm-hmm. non-committal, like, stupid early 20s boy attitude. Yeah, which is everything that I have dealt with for the past six years. So, <laughs> yes. watching it now, I'm like, oh, well, maybe this phase will fucking end soon. Jesus Christ. Even, even though he screws her over so many times... She's genuinely happy for him and Monica, wants to go to their wedding, like, thinks yep. of them as, like, good friends of hers. Mm-hmm. She is pretty, like, a, she's kind of, like, a straightforward person. I mean, like, mm-hmm. even, yep. like, even in that episode where, like, Ross and her have this, like, brief fling and he's being whiny and annoying, like, she's finally, like, the one person who puts him in his place and is like, you need to stop. Like, you need to yeah. cut this out. And, yeah. at, and like, at the very end, when Monica and Chandler do that whole bit, which I think is very funny, in season 10, when she's uh, considering buying the house next door to them, and they put on that yes. facade of, like, Chandler's still in love with her, she doesn't want to, like, break up her marriage or his marriage. Like, she's a, yeah. she's a good person (laughs) and she just has an annoying voice and so these people like shit on her so much which is funny and I get it but also like she is like a very upstanding person (laughs) Uh I like her (laughs) I like her as well I just think that they think she's so annoying because she just keeps showing up everywhere all the time but like that's the bit and I love it and I think (laughs) She adds a great element to the show, and um, I'm trying to think of, like, my favorite Janice moments, but even just with the early, when they go out on the double date, and then the girl that she brings for him is her, and then it's just, I I very much like Janice. I wish that I had more thought out, like, written down my favorite Janice moments, but I agree with you. I think that she's definitely... What, like a great side character and also if you think about it like the reason that she is so overbearing and keeps showing up is that they keep pretending that like they tolerate her like Chandler is so cowardly that he can't be honest with her and be like I don't like you and my favorite Janice moment since we're on it is probably when when Chandler pretends that he's moving to Yemen Oh my god. And she's like, yes. one, two, three. And she's like, I have your I have your mailing address. One, two, three, Yemen Road, Yemen. Yemen. <laughs> oh my god. And he has to like. And then he tries to plane. get off the plane and then she sees him. Yes. Oh, she's loyal. Man, she is great. she would be a fantastic like girlfriend. Yes, her yeah. great. And then but... Chandler getting on the plane. Can I stay with you when we get there? <laughs> I love that moment. I I think I I love the way that they use her throughout the series. Like I wouldn't even though they shit on her undeservedly, like I wouldn't change the way that she is on the show because like Oh no, I love it. I think it's great. 
I also love when they're at the nail salon and he Chandler grabs a nail and he's like, I, I would hate to think what this person was scratching when they lost this. And then he says, you know who these nails make me think of? And then she, you hear, oh my. And I'm like, yes, exactly. yes, this, <laughs> yes. I love this shit. This is why I watch this show. Oh my God. When Janice- On an unrelated note, yes. another Chandler uh, episode that I really like is the blackout when he's stuck in the ATM vestibule with the model. I like and- all of that with like the gum getting stuck in his mouth and him choking and you hear all of his inside thoughts. Uh, I very much liked that. I like that episode as a whole. I think it's a really good episode. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a feel good one for me too. If I'm having a rough night, blackout episode. Well, that's an interesting thing to bring up because we talked in, um, our Sex in the City episode about how you preferred like the very early seasons and I didn't. And oh, love them. One, two, how, three. Is that the same with your friends uh, consuming? You're a fan of like the earlier episodes? I think that for me, because I watch it so much, it changes like seasonally um, mm-hmm. on what friends I crave to watch because I see it. In my head, I see it as, like, part one and part two. Yeah. Um, And I feel like that changes, like, season five, six, after uh, Monica and Chandler get married. I feel Mm -hmm. like that's when part two begins. So it's kind of just deciding, like, which versions of the characters I want. Do I want early development and, like, earlier jokes? Or do I want the more witty, funnier moments? So I think... I would probably say that I do like the earlier seasons more, but I have lately been watching the later seasons Mm -hmm. just because the Ross and Rachel breakup stuff stresses me out. I do Uh like the beach episode with the bald girlfriend Uh when she convinces her to shave her head and like that whole Ross and Rachel thing and the, 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 the note and her and the, you, you fell asleep, like all of that <laughs> stuff. Like I love, I love all of that. And like the, you wrote like 14 pages front and back or whatever it is. And why are you spells your, <laughs> Oh man. I love it. I I'm the Ross great. in that situation. If someone wrote me a letter and there was improper grammar, I'd be like, Oh, do I want to get yeah. back together? <laughs> this is but it's Rachel so we of course we expect it of course we forgive because everyone babies Rachel Mm -hmm. (laughs) I love her my gal pal (laughs) gal pal Rachel Green (laughs) um I think I get stuck in like I'm a big fan of like the mid seasons because because it goes on for 10 years I kind of think of it as like first like first like three seasons then mid seasons and then yeah. yeah like after they get married like the end seasons i yeah. always stick to like 4 5 and 6 as my personal faves i think that that's the once... strongest writing i think that's the strongest uh i just think my favorite episodes are in those 3 seasons but i mean i'll obviously watch all of them <laughs> i would agree when i i guess when i say early seasons i'm not talking 1 2 3 i am talking like four, five, six, because Mm -hmm. once I end season 10 after watching Barbados, uh, I'll go, I'll be like, I'm going to start over, but I'll only start over at like season 
four or mm -hmm. like five because I don't want to go back too far because there's like too many feelings and emotions and breakups and all of that. <laughs> uh, but with breakup episodes, I really like um, the the one with the jam when Monica is getting over. She's like, you make mm -hmm. a lot of jam to get over your man. I very much like that episode too. I can't remember if that's in season three or four. Uh, I think it's season four. Wait. Season three, yeah. because don't her and Richard break up at the end of season two? I, 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 you know, I, I yeah, yeah. No, I think so. I well, I wanted yeah. to talk about relationships, so let's segue into talking, since we're already on the subject, let's talk about Richard and Monica. Uh, yes. My personal favorite uh -oh. couple uh -oh. of the show. Oh. Well, hold on. The no, no, yes. <laughs> okay. I'm with you. I fucking loved <laughs> Monica and Richard. I love their I relationship. do too. And that's not to put down Monica and Chandler because I have positive things to say about that as well. But like yeah. for me, that's what makes me watch the earlier seasons. That's like what makes me watch season two and three is the whole them together and then she's getting over the breakup. Like I feel like that is such a real like a realistic mm -hmm kind of portrayal of a relationship to me like they seem like a real couple and like the reason yeah. that they break up and like the heartbreak that they experience of it just like not being like any of them fucked up in a major way but just that their futures yeah. are different different that's mm -hmm. so realistic and that's like yeah. one of the most heartbreaking reasons that you could end things with someone like you everything yeah. you could love everything about them together you guys are great but if you're not going somewhere then there's no point and like I love that whole storyline so much and I just love Tom Selleck and Richard as a character in general. Same, same. I very much agree. I think one of the reasons why a lot of people don't like that relationship is because they can't wrap their head around it. Mm -hmm. Like it's a little bit too out of the box probably for them to think like, oh, how can she like want to have sex with her dad's friend? So I think that that might turn people off of it where they're like, this is weird. Like, I don't understand. But as somebody who doesn't really judge, I love Richard. I think that he was great for her. I like any time that he comes back. Uh, I liked, I, I mean, we don't like Richard with the whole, them Chandler and Monica about to get engaged when Richard kind of, you know, throws a wrench into the plans. <clears throat> but, uh, I do really like them together and I cry every time when they're dancing at the wedding or whatever they're mm -hmm. dancing at. And they both realize like, cause I've been like my first relationship ended because like we, we we didn't want this like it just wasn't but I didn't not love like I loved him so much so like mm -hmm. I know that heartbreak and every time I'm just like <gasps> ah! so <laughs> I definitely get it and I really 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 like them together and I I like Monica and Chandler together but their relationship is annoying to me <laughs> well, if let's that makes get, sense let's I, get into that why I like the early stuff, like them hiding it from uh, Ross and then the finding out through the window and the, they're doing it, they're doing it. I love it. I love all of that. But then it just gets kind of stale. Mm -hmm. Like, I, and I mean, I love them, but I just, I feel like 
he's just being Chandler, she's just being controlling, and it's like, mm-hmm. but um, and that's kind of <laughs> it. Like, we know what we're going to get. We're going to get sarcastic comments. She wants to keep stuff clean. Um, so I like early Monica and Chandler, but yeah. they kind of lose their luster for me after they get married. I think, I think definitely after they get married is when the show, I think that's when the show kind of goes downhill. Uh, mm-hmm. And not that I can't watch it because there's still episodes throughout seasons uh, eight, nine, and 10 that I still love. But definitely, I think that's when they kind of lose their steam a little bit and the can- like the characters flanderize. And I think it gets stale because it becomes like, oh, she's the uptight housewife and he's the bumbling husband. And like we've yeah. seen that in shows before. And right. that's not what Friends is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I totally understand that. Um, I do like the Boots, the boots episode. <laughs> Um, I enjoy that storyline and I, they're definitely married. Are they married or just dating then? I think they're married. I think that's season eight. Okay. Yeah. I like that. I, I do tend to enjoy season eight and season 10. I do think there are like really sweet moments between Chandler and Monica, especially when they're like first dating that like, to me, I enjoy them way more as like a central couple than Ross and Rachel, just because like, Whereas with Ross and Rachel, a lot of what you see with them is like fighting and not like, yeah, and not like them really connecting. But I feel like with Monica and Chandler, they both are allowed to have like these really nice moments. Like the moment uh, with Chandler's work laugh where Monica's so shit, like this annoys me, but I can see why he does it now. And like, I don't want to back him into a corner and she goes along with it. Uh, The part where... (laughs) <laughs> where she's upset that uh, Phoebe and Rachel would rather date each other if they were into women than date her. Mm-hmm. And her yes. Not high maintenance. And he's like, you are high maintenance. But I still, like, I actually really like that about you. And you kind I of- I like maintaining you. Yeah, that's so cute. He's like, I like it's maintaining adorable. you. And then yeah. when she's trying to prove that, uh, that Chandler and Monica are a hotter couple than Gary and Phoebe- and he's like, I really like the like the normal parts of being a couple with you. Like, I've never been this right. far into a relationship. And I really, like, I'm not scared of it with you. I really like it. I think that's, like, yeah. a very sweet moment. Um, I mean, they definitely make it to where they're, like, meant to be together. And I like that. Um, but I did like her with Richard a lot, too. Yeah, it's hard. Because it, it's, like, two different... Uh, dynamics like with Richard and Monica like Richard can take care of Monica and Monica's mm-hmm. like the person who's used to taking care of everyone else so it's very mm-hmm. nice definitely it's yeah like very nice to have that for her and then with like Chandler and Monica like she makes Chandler more mature but he also like can kind of slow her down if she's getting right too over the top about something uh, yep. So there's like a little bit more of a balance there. Yeah, um, definitely. Nice. Let's talk about okay. uh, Phoebe and, and Mike and David and uh, the Phoebe and Joey romance that never was. I think we should talk a little bit about they hint at when it so much. That, when did you think that they should have dated? 
I actually don't think they should date. I think like, I like that they don't end up together. I think their friendship is so strong that it would be a shame. But it's funny how throughout the series, there's kind of that hint of like, like when Phoebe's like, you could do a lot worse than Joey Tribbiani. And like, (laughs) and Joey, uh, like Joey and Phoebe just have like such a loyalty to each other. And they're like such a, they're almost like, they're almost like brother and sister in a way, but like, then they're also both like kind of attracted to each other. So like, (laughs) yeah, definitely. Yeah, I I agree. Another moment that I don't want to forget while it's in my head is when Phoebe uh, seduces Chandler to get them to confess. uh, And that's how we learn that he's in love with Monica. Uh, But I think that all of that is so funny too. Phoebe is a very, very strong, funny character. And she is watching her do the bloopers too is so fun because she really got so into it and gets tickled so much by all of the lines and everything. Mm-hmm. So I really, really like Phoebe. What are we talking about though? Relationships? Yeah. Well, I just have to say Lisa Kudrow is such a great, funny actress and she just seems like the yes. sweetest. Like, oh yeah. Absolutely. Love her laugh. You get to hear it in the bloopers a lot. She just seems like such a sweet, like, fun person. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I think she's great for that role. How did you feel about the the Phoebe-Mike-David love triangle? Well, I love it because it's in the Barbados episodes. And we (laughs) know how much I fucking love the Barbados episodes. (laughs) I'm a fan. Uh, So, yeah, this is actually... I literally have the episode. I can see it. I can see him walk in. I can see her say, Mike. And he's like, it's David. And she's like, no, Mike's here. Uh, And Mike didn't think that he wanted to marry anybody because he was ultimately probably just like, like afraid of like getting hurt again in the long run or what have you. And then they go their separate ways. And like, she's always wanted to date David it just never really like matched up completely. Yeah. So she's like, let me give this a shot. And she does. And we, as the audience don't love it because we want her to be with Mike. Yeah. So when Mike shows up, it's incredible. And I do like the whole funny, um, he, she starts saying Mike and then he asks Chandler for advice and Chandler's really trying to not give any advice and then accidentally somehow tells him to fucking propose to her. Yeah. And then in Barbados shows him the ring and he's like, aren't they supposed to have a diamond? And he's like, it's one sixteenth of a carrot. Like this shit's just like funny. And like, I don't know not that it's Poor funny. David. They didn't have any money, but just the delivery and like the way that it's done. Uh, so I, I feel, I feel for David because he really got like tossed to the side. But I mean, you have to be truthful. And I like how honest Phoebe is when he's like, well, what if I had asked? And she's like, I might've said yes, but it would have been for the wrong, it would have been wrong. And I like how honest she is. And as much as that sucks, you know, it shows that like, you have to do what you want in life. And I like that moment. And I liked the little triangle thing. I I love Phoebe and Mike together. It's incredible. I love, for some reason, the line, first off, I talk a lot about uh, Paul Rudd on this podcast and how, like, in love I am with him. Uh, if He's I so could, hot. If I could marry a celebrity, it'd probably be Paul Rudd. Uh, yeah. I always think about his delivery of the line, 
uh, let's not let the box of rats ruin our lives. <laughs> I always think about that. I love the episode with Ross and how like yeah. awkward it is and how that's like a continuous runner throughout the rest of the show about how like weird of a dynamic they have. Uh, yep. yep. How he was like, oh, I can't remember a time when uh, <laughs> when a door opened and you weren't there. <laughs> like, I think Mike is... Uh, I feel like David is perfect for Phoebe when she's younger, but Mike is perfect for who she ends up being. Um, and we learn that in watching their whole, like, full circle. And I think mm -hmm. she realizes that, too. And it's yeah. all because of Monica's meddling. <laughs> because of our meddling! We have to talk about the final and biggest couple, the couple that kept the whole show alive, carried it mm -hmm. on its backs, Ross and Rachel. Yeah. Ross and Rachel. Rachel, Rachel and, and Ross. <laughs> quite a seesaw, hasn't it? <laughs> I love that you know the quotes like just as much as my brain does. It makes me so, so happy. <laughs> um, they were not amazing together just because of, like I said, Ross's jealousy issues mm -hmm. and as much as she wasn't going to act on it, I felt that she should have respected it a little bit more. Was Ross way too overbearing by sending all the gifts and doing all the stuff? Yes. But Mark in the end did want to have sex with her. And she just, she kept denying it and just being like, you shouldn't worry about it. Like it's not happening, blah, 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 blah. Whereas it's like, why don't you just not hang out with him so much? My whole thing with, like, the they were on a break thing, wh where do you stand? I, here's, here's my thing. Yes, mm -hmm. they were on a break. I, get, I can make an argument for why they were on a break. Do I think that it's still fucked up of him to sleep with someone the night that they break up? And would I be just as hurt as Rachel was? Yes. Do I think it's technically cheating? No. Right. Um, because she says, a break from us. She say, she's saying, we're taking a break from us. No specification mm -hmm. like, of, of what well, that means. Yeah, which I would interpret as, okay, you just fucking, like, if the roles were reversed, mm -hmm. it'd be like, fuck, Ross just broke up with Rachel. But at the same time, he was smothering her. But she even tells Monica the next morning that they broke up. So she clearly thought of it as a breakup. Like, Monica's like, oh, I, what happened? Did you celebrate your anniversary? And she's like, no, we broke up instead. I think what it really comes down to is you don't want the person who's saying that they love you and want to be with you to go out and do that on, the, like, how basically, like, how could you do that? But he was thinking even though it was still in his jealous state of mind, how could you do that to me? You just broke up with me. You told me that you wanted to be on a break and now Mark is over there. Mm -hmm. And yes, he didn't know why or how or whatever. But if I were in Ross's position, I would have fucked the first guy I saw too. <laughs> he was hurt. He thought that, he that uh mark was there to have sex with rachel and that's a very fine assumption 
I get that. Yeah. And yes, he was he was wrong in a sense because she denied him in the end. But at the same time, like, that was what he wanted. So it's, I agree with you. Yes, they were on a break. No, he wasn't cheating. Would I have been as hurt as Rachel? Yes. Would I yeah. have done the same thing in Ross's shoes? Yes. Yeah, I think like... I think from a logical standpoint, you can be like, well, at the moment you break up with someone, all bets are yeah. off. You can do anything you want. Like, so he didn't do anything wrong. But from an emotional standpoint, I would be like, fuck, dude. Like, you, uh, supposedly, you wanted to, like, spend your life with me and had the wanted right. to have children with me and move to the suburbs and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And it, mm -hmm. took, it took an hour for you to fuck someone else? Like... And... I think that's why the, her saying, I can't imagine you like touching, like he, she's like, can you imagine somebody touching me and like, blah, blah, blah. And like, that's why it kills me so much is because yeah. like, I know he knows that like he made a mistake, but at the same time, if I were her, like I would also be disgusted and I wouldn't be able to like want to be with that person. I yeah. would be so hurt and like, and then we get to the part of like her, I think it was at the beach of her being like, I was mad at you. I never stopped loving you. Yeah. Because like, she didn't want any of that to happen. She wanted him to chill. And then like, cause she never wanted to be with Mark. It was never a thing. It's yeah. just a mess. You guys. The letter, thing, <laughs> the letter thing though, where she like wants him to take full responsibility for like everything. I agree with him on that. I love the line. Like, you fell asleep. The way that she <laughs> says that shit gets me every time. Uh, and I also like going back to the breakup episode that they are all locked in uh, Monica's bedroom. Yeah, I do. All love the rest that. of the cast. That is great. And the whole pizza thing where he's like, no anchovies. And she's like, can you cut them up real fine and put them in the sauce? Like <laughs> all of that is really good. Um, but yeah. And I mean, they're good together in the beginning because like you see Ross really try to date Rachel and you root for him because he's always liked her, but then he sabotages himself, but it's not his fault because he got fucked over by his first wife and he doesn't trust anybody because everything was fine in that relationship. And then she left him for a woman. Um, so I get it all, but I don't think that they were the perfect match for each other maybe the years apart and them having a kid like really brought them together. But I mean, I would be interested to see if the show went on for five more seasons, what they would have done with that relationship. Mm -hmm. I feel like the only reason they put them back together was because they knew they didn't have to write anything <laughs> about it. And they knew everybody was just going to want them to be together. I like to think that wherever they are uh, with their with Ben and Emma and maybe any other children they have together. I like to think that their entire home is furnished in Pottery Barn uh, because I love that. That's really one of the only times you see them like really connect on a mutual interest mm -hmm. <laughs> is that yes. they both love Pottery Barn. Uh, I love to think that they just have their whole home is just like a Pottery Barn catalog. I spent many days as a teenager fussy as fuck sitting on a couch in Pottery Barn as my mom <laughs> shopped around for candles and vases and I didn't get it. But now I'm an adult and I want to shop around for candles and vases. So I get it. <laughs> um, well, it seems like we're reaching the end. How do you feel about how things ended in the series? I don't 
love it to be honest and i said this to my sister the other day i was like i always skip over the ending and she was like oh because it's so sad and i was like no because it just didn't do it for me really like, I mean, and maybe it's because we got everything we wanted and, like, we didn't have any, like, scandal at the end of, like, how it should have ended and this and that. But, I don't know, leaving the keys in the apartment and the empty apartment. And I didn't love the... Her, like, randomly having twins or whatever at the end Mm -hmm. when Monica and Chandler were having the baby, right? Yeah, like, they didn't know that she was pregnant through, with twins, um, right? Yeah, let's go through how, like, every character wraps up. Um, yeah. So, Monica and Chandler, they're surrogate, not surrogate, they're, a, they're adopting from uh, Anna Ferris. Love yes. it. Um, and she's kind of, like, an airhead and doesn't realize that and, she's like, having I don't, twins. I don't enjoy her character. That's another thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't enjoy... I like Anna Ferris. I don't like the character they wrote for her. It just doesn't do it for me. It's not funny. I don't enjoy that storyline. And like, what doctor are you going to? To where they don't know that there are two children inside of your stomach. I, I feel like the doctors knew. She went to a different doctor because she wasn't from New York. So I oh, think she they, said, oh, multiple heartbeats, but I thought that they were talking yeah, about like, my I, own. Yeah, I feel like they kept uh, mentioning it to her, and she, like, wasn't connecting the dots, and then she delivered Got it in New Got York. Got it. Okay. The doctor knows, but he doesn't know that they don't know, because he hasn't been there for the whole thing. Got it. Okay, so then that shows you how much I don't watch that <laughs> storyline, because I don't like it. But uh-huh. even that, to me, that's like, eh. Like, yeah, yeah I, just, I didn't like story. I didn't like her storyline. I do like that they show all different types of ways to have children on the show that they go through, you know, Rachel's unexpected pregnancy, even though she was using protection, uh, Phoebe being a surrogate for her brother, which is a funny punchline in the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I love that we see the kids later that he comes back and we see the kids grown up. I do like that a lot. And then we see that Monica can't conceive and that she adopts children. So I like that we really got the range. I just didn't like the character with Monica and mm-hmm. on a, what the, do we know what her name is? Erica. Erica. There we go. But I do like that it ends with them like moving to the suburbs and having kids because I feel like that's what Monica has like always wanted since like the mm-hmm. start of the series. Uh-huh. Um, and, like, I feel like that's something that Chandler didn't think would actually happen for him, so... Right. Do you like the, I got off the plane? Oh, well, yeah, let's talk about that. Uh, so it ends with uh, Rachel gets a job in Paris, mm-hmm. and... Oh, which? Should we talk about the shirt that she wears during this, where it is, there is a belt. It's, like, a turtleneck, and there's, like, literally <laughs> a belt on her chest, and I'm, like, <gasps> Who in wardrobe is like that? That shirt, please. That's the last one. That's <laughs> that's a finale shirt. I was like, good God! But anyway, continue. <laughs> um, so she gets a job in Paris. Ross realizes that she's still in love with her, and instead of talking to her about it when she gets the job, uh, he waits until the last minute, tracks her down to the airport, confesses his love for her. She gets on the plane, and then 
she gets off the plane. Oh, he he goes back to his apartment, listens to the message. I do love the part where he's listening to the voicemail, and mm-hmm. he's like, "Let her off the plane!" Like, did you get off the plane? Yeah, and he's like, "Try to understand." Like, I love yeah. that he's like. I think that's like obviously again David Schwimmer, so funny. Uh, great moment well, for him. I like that it's very in Ross and Rachel's style. Mm-hmm. The the draw the the dramatics of it all. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's very Ross and Rachel the way that they end up back together. I always get chills at that moment where she's like, I got off the plane and you hear the audience reaction, like, uh-huh. they're like, like I wonder if they really kept that a secret and, like, they didn't know if she was going to be there or if they just really, like, made, like were like, everybody really give it your all. <laughs> I think from what I've gathered, I think, like, most of the people who were in the audience for the finale were, like, the actors' friends and family and stuff. Um okay. Because I think they didn't want, like, the spoiler to get out. But I also oh, could be completely wrong. Oh, yes, you're wrong. correct. Okay, yeah. But I could be completely wrong. Uh, mm-hmm. But they do take the audio from the live audience and put it in. So that could have been, like, their initial reaction. And then, of course, they do, like, a shit ton of takes. Uh, right. And just insert that first reaction. When you go to right. a, a live taping, they really... Going to a live taping of a sitcom is actually not that fun. I feel like... It's not. Yeah, I feel like this might be kind of fun because it would be, like, Friends and the finale. Oh, yeah. That would be iconic to be able to say now, like, I went to a Friends taping. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, it's really not that that Not that glamorous. (laughs) It really isn't. You're there for hours. (laughs) I actually really like the finale, but every time I see the Ross and Rachel storyline wrap-up, I'm like, wait, so what... Like, what, now she, like, that's just, I just think about the logistics of it. I'm like, what happened to the place she was going to live in in Paris? Like, what, did, she has no job now? Like, what's going on? Well, like, I where also, her and her daughter going to be? Like, Well, no, she knows that she can go back to the other job because they asked her for so much, like, they were like, we want to hire you back, we want to hire you back. So I think that she knows that she can go back to that job. But my thing is, like, she knows that she can't grow there and she didn't want to go back to that job. Yeah. So what, you're settling? Yeah, that's the part that I'm like, well, let's, like, I'd like to think that she gets an even better job, but also, like, Paris, like. And that's why, like. Come on. That's why I'm like, I don't love the way that that ended and why I want to see what their relationship would be like on the show for another five years. Because I'm like, where does it go from here? Like, what does she do? Like, what happens? I don't understand. I think, um, I don't know. It's really hard because the show starts with her, like, leaving, like, leaving someone at the altar because she doesn't want that life for herself and, like, wants to become an independent person. And, like, by the end of the show, she has become that independent person and she's, like, leaving a job that would have made her an even more independent person because she's in a different country for, like, a guy so either he's very, very worth it, or yeah. I need to talk to somebody. And also, is the reason that he can't go to Paris because of Ben? Because honestly, we haven't seen Ben at that time for like <laughs> three fucking seasons. Ben falls off the face of the earth. Yeah, he always, well, yeah, because he wasn't, he wasn't going to move for Emily either because of Ben. 
Yeah. And it's like, we don't, we didn't, don't, don't even see him after Emma is born. Like he just doesn't even exist. Yeah. I was like, uh, <laughs> like, why have you not seen Emma you, and Ben together? Like what the fuck? Yeah. I, that would have been great. Like Ben Ross has is a, a terrible dad. I would have loved a scene where Carol brings Ben to the hospital to meet his sister. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. what the fuck? And Carol was always like really nice to Rachel. So like, I don't, understand I don't why. Get it. It's yeah. not like there was some animosity if she wouldn't show up or something. Yeah, no. That's weird. That's a plot hole we need to figure yeah. out. <laughs> Definitely is. I think that might be it. Phoebe and Joey don't really get big endings. I mean, Phoebe ends up with Mike and they want to have kids and Joey, they leave kind of open because he had a terrible spinoff, which yes. you don't need to get into. <laughs> no. Um, I think that I like Phoebe's ending because it's different from what she thinks that she wants for herself. And she gets that um, because she realizes that she wants to be a soccer mom in a Volvo. And I really like that for her. What I do like about the ending, it's not the last episode, but the Joey in the house shit and like the, the little girl. Oh yeah. And then when they try to spin her off as being a ghost, that (laughs) shit gets me every time. Like, no, Joey, there was a little girl who lived here, but she died. And then Joey's face, it's just, it's so funny. <laughs> it is sad to leave, like, that apartment behind. And I don't understand why somebody else didn't move into it. Oh, like one of the other friends? Yeah. I and mean, why would you give up the rent-controlled apartment that you've been <sighs> lying about for so long? I guess because, uh... It just seems more final. Every There's an unspoken rule of 90s sitcoms where the whole finale has to end on an empty apartment or an empty house. Let's take a look at the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air finale. They did the same shit. This is true. This is true. It's I mean, I get rule. it. And, it, you know, it, it had to be done. But the whole leaving of the keys and the, you want to get coffee. Like, I don't know. I, it. I like it, but it also makes me want to roll my eyes at the same time. Does that make sense? Like, it's like, it's I'm like, cheesy, oh, yeah. predictable. But I think that maybe if I had been watching it at the time that it had aired, it would have had a bigger impact. But yeah. because I'm watching it now, it doesn't. I love that they sneak in that gag where they're like, we've all lived in this apartment, except for Ross. And then Monica's like, what about that summer that you moved in with Nana and you tried to make it as a dancer? <laughs> And he's like, oh, we almost made it 10 years without that coming up. <laughs> oh, my God. I like that. Yeah. Uh, we could talk about that forever, but maybe we'll just have to do a part two, you know? Uh, I would love to. What I want to do is watch because I have a bunch of moments because I can't think of them at the top of my head that don't make sense. Mm-hmm. There are moments in the show where there are like things that are like, wait. No, because you said this. Like, and somebody has like two birthdays as well. I think it's Ross. Uh-huh. Like, his birthday changes a bunch. Um, so there's shit like that. So I would love to do a part two. And maybe in that, um, my toilet won't explode. Perfect. <laughs> you know? Or maybe it will, and it will get a nice little part two to the Let's trauma. hope for my sake and my, my sanity that it doesn't. But, you know, the, the universe will do what it'll do. <laughs> uh, well, no th- one told your life was going to be this way, but it is. <laughs> doing the claps <laughs> your toilet <laughs> <yo> way. <laughs> you know 
<laughs> uh, thank you so much for coming on again, Katie. This was great. Thank you so much for inviting me. I had the best time. This is one of my favorite shows, one of my favorite topics to talk about. I could talk about it forever. So let's def do a, uh, a part two. If you really enjoyed listening to me, Gab, I do also have a podcast called See You Next Tuesday. You can find it uh, anywhere that you listen to podcasts. And there's also a video version on YouTube. And if you want to follow me everywhere, you can follow me uh, everywhere at Little Baby Kates. And I also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash littlebabykates. Nice. You guys should definitely check her out. I did an episode with her where we talked about sexy stuff. We talked about God a little bit. Yes, your <laughs> episode, because it's called God and Blowjobs, something about it. It is my most watched video on YouTube. It oh, almost like 800 watches. Like my, my YouTube videos like don't have that many watches because I'm new to doing like that. That one has mm -hmm. got so many so you're very popular Ooh, amongst yeah. my podcast so if you what haven't I'm listened go for. over and listen to our episode god blowjobs it's really fun yep i i really love that episode i loved being on thank you so much you um, should come back on yeah absolutely we'll talk about yes. that once we sign off we'll, we'll have to yes. figure it out okay cool well um, thanks so much for having me i had a blast yeah no problem thanks for coming on thank you so much you guys for listening if you liked this episode of Unwatchable, then please be sure to subscribe, leave a little five-star review, leave, leave a comment. I'd love to hear what you guys have to say. Follow the podcast on Instagram at Unwatchable with Chloe Rodriguez. And uh, follow me on Instagram, follow Katie. I'll put all of those in the description box. Uh, and I will see you guys next time on Unwatchable.